When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Get Booked listeners. Welcome to The Hand Cell, a special weekly installment of Get Booked that's all about books that we just can't resist shouting about. This is Amanda Nelson, and today's Hand Cell is Luster by Raven Lilani. Let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Song of the Silks Realms by Judy Eyelid. Shi Wei is a talented young musician who was orphaned at a young age. Her sole family is a kindly uncle, but then her uncle is killed, and she is, of course, devastated. With no family and no patron, Shi Wei is facing the possibility of a lifetime of servitude playing the chin. Then one night, she is unexpectedly called to perform for the enigmatic Duke Meng. He surprises Shi Wei further with an irresistible offer. Serve as a musician in residence at his manor for one year, and he'll set her free of her indenture. But the Duke's motives become increased increasingly more sus when he and Shuei barely survive an attack by a nightmarish monster. It's like, what, <laughs> what's going on here? So this book is a sweeping epic romanticy that follows a talented young musician who is swept away to the celestial realm by an enigmatic young Duke. And who doesn't want to be swept away to the celestial realm by an enigmatic young Duke? She's living all our dreams, honestly. Make sure to check out the new book. And thanks again to Song of the Six Realms by Judy Eileen for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95 and she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. So if you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw me talk about this book. It's on my feed. And I opened the caption with the word yikes like 40 times. Just yikes, 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 yikes. And a lot of people took that to mean that I didn't like the book, which is not entirely true. The book was just very uncomfortable. So I picked up Luster. It's a debut novel because it was long listed for the Women's Prize. And every year I try to read as much of the Women's Prize as I can. And I love a debut. So I picked this up and it's just very cringy. Like it, it reminded me of of the Pisces. If you read Pisces for when it was long listed for the Women's Prize a few years ago, you remember it was that very uncomfortable book about a woman having a total bottom out spiral 
who has an affair with a merman and how weird it was and like very graphic and strange. This feels like that. Like you are watching a woman totally bottom out, make really odd personal choices or not even odd, just like self-destructive personal choices. So Edie is the main character. She's in her 20s. She lives in New York and works. She lives in Brooklyn and she works in publishing and she makes a lot of bad sexual decisions. Um, she sleeps with a lot of people at her job. And of course, there's absolutely nothing wrong with sleeping with a lot of people. There is maybe something wrong with sleeping with a lot of people at your job, especially if you allow it to affect your job, which she absolutely does sometimes on purpose. And then she meets Eric, who is an older man, much older, I think he's in his 40s, and she's in her early 20s, who is a digital archivist. He works, he lives in New Jersey, and he has a wife, and they have an open marriage. And there are a lot of rules to the open marriage. And Edie's kind of into this like she likes the power dynamic of a man who has a lot more money than her older than her you know and also their physical relationship can be quite violent at times and then (laughs) so all of that is pretty fine like that's all fine not unheard of right but then she loses her job because of her behavior at work and finds herself completely unemployed she gets evicted from her apartment and eric's wife finds her on the street one day outside of her job. Eric's wife works as a medical examiner. So she like does autopsies on cadavers. She works at a hospital. And she takes her in while Eric is out of town on a work trip. So Edie moves in with her boyfriend's wife and their teenage daughter. She's not quite teenage. She's 12. Eric and his wife are white. Edie's black. Their daughter is adopted. Her name is Akila, and she is also black. So the whole situation becomes just bizarre. Like, Edie starts feeling like she has to earn her keep, so she starts cleaning their house, and then money just appears on her bedside table. The wife asks her to stop sleeping with the husband, which she does not do. Uh, she becomes de facto like the stand-in black parent for Akila, helping her do her hair and learn how to navigate interactions with police officers and all of this very complicated stuff that the parents are just failing at because they don't know what they don't know and have apparently not tried to figure it out. Uh, The wife is a fascinating character. She's very obviously full of rage, like just full of incandescent white hot hatred for her life. She never wanted to be a parent. She deeply resents Eric's need to have an open marriage and that he has chosen to fulfill that need with a woman half her age. And the way they're just all very passive aggressive. They dance around each other. And it's fascinating. And I liked it, actually, even though my you, my Instagram review is just like, yikes, 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 this is so uncomfortable. Because I don't think that a book being uncomfortable or a character being cringy makes it bad. I think in a lot of ways that makes it very interesting. And, you know, Edie's a, a mess of a millennial, not even a millennial, she's 22. So she's a Gen Z, right? Like she's a mess of a Gen Z person living in Brooklyn. And we don't really get that often to see black women do that. Like, there aren't any black women and girls, right? That's a whole show about messy 20-somethings in New York. So watching her just crash and burn (laughs) in a lot of ways was, it's just a train wreck. You can't look away. There's a lot going on. (laughs) And you can hear like that I'm pausing, like trying to articulate why it's so fascinating to me. And I think just watching characters who you know could do better like that's a really that's a skill i think that raven lalani the author here has given you a character who you both know could do better and understand why she isn't like she's got the strength she's got the the willpower she's got the she's intelligent she's funny like she's super super self-aware and she recognizes when she's making decisions that are unwise but she does that anyway because she's young and a a mess and i just couldn't look away so if you too (laughs) enjoy or at least 
you know, can stomach are fascinated by unlikable characters. I think this is a great one for you. I love an unlikable narrator. Like Amy from Gone Girl is my literary heroine of my heart. So I was here for watching Edie just just burn it all down. (laughs) So that is Luster by Raven Lalani. Not for the faint of heart but go if you're brave. Thank you so much to our audio editor, Jen Zink. Thank you all for listening. You can find more book recommendations at bookriot.com and more of our podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen. If you have any feedback, please email us at getbooktobookriot.com. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can find us online. I'm uh, on Instagram at I'm Amanda Nelson. And my co-host, Jen, is on Twitter at Jen IRL and Instagram at I am Jen IRL. And we will talk to you all on Thursday. Thursday.